Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This will be another mini-pod to preview our match against Cremonese on Sunday, so let's get right into it. The Grigio Rossi come into this match with a total of 8 points and they fail to earn a single victory in Serie A. All 8 of those points were from draws, but those results are not to be overlooked. They're capable of stealing points from teams near the top of the table like Atalanta and Milan to teams near the bottom of the table like Spezia, Salernitana and Sassuolo. But that inability to earn even a single win ultimately cost Massimiliano Alvini his job. He was sacked after Cremonese's 3-2 defeat to fellow promotion side Monza. Curiously, Alvini was not even the coach that led Cremonese to Serie A in the first place. That historic feat was achieved by Fabio Pecchia, and then he shocked the world by announcing his resignation after earning promotion. In May of 2022, he released a statement saying, There is a moment in all of our lives when we need to listen to our hearts and make a decision. It might seem unexpected, but I have decided to leave Cremonese, and I do it with peace and gratitude. I thank President Giovanni Arvedi, who fully understood my state of mind and accepted my desire to end this extraordinary professional experience with promotion to Serie A. I leave with my heart full of joy and pride at writing an extraordinary page in the history of Cremonese. You will always remain in my fondest memories. Two weeks later, he was announced as the new Parma coach. He might be regretting that decision. Parma are currently 12th in Serie B 
nine points behind the promotion playoff zone. So Pekia leaving Cremonese was a bit of a surprise. Alvini being appointed was perhaps even more surprising. This was his first ever job in Serie A. The highest level he had ever coached at was at Serie B with Perugia last season. Even there, he didn't do particularly well. Perugia finished 8th in the table, so they just barely qualified for the playoff, and they were immediately knocked out by Brescia. Not only did Alvini fail to win a single match before he got the sack, his team led for only 40 minutes during the 18 matches that he coached. They scored first against Lecce before conceding the equalizer 23 minutes later, and they scored first against Spezia before conceding the equalizer 17 minutes later. That is it. Ballardini improved that slightly in his three games in charge. Cremonese scored first against Bologna, but conceded the equalizer five minutes later in that match, and then they scored first against Inter, but that lead lasted only 10 minutes. So unbelievably, Cremonese have only held the lead in the league for a total of 55 minutes. And yet, this is the same team that is in the semi-finals of the Coppa Italia. Not only that, they held the lead in each of their four Coppa Italia matches. They were ahead for 72 minutes against Ternana. If we don't include stoppage time, they were ahead for 23 minutes against Modena. If we do include stoppage time, they were ahead for another 9 minutes in that match. They scored first against us, so they had the lead in the round of 16 for about 15 minutes before Batuan equalized. And against Roma in the quarterfinals, they had a lead for 62 minutes. So the team that everyone was hoping to play in the Coppa Italia only needs to get past Fiorentina to reach the final where they would play against either of Inter or Juventus. The last time Cremonese reached the semifinals of the Coppa Italia was the 1986-87 season, and we all know what happened that season. In fact, Napoli did the domestic double that season, winning both the league and the cup. Now, even though this is our third meeting with Cremonese this season, these clubs actually don't have an extensive history. Prior to this season, our last meeting with Cremonese was in 1999 in Serie B. Just for fun, let me read to you our starting 11 for that match and you can see if you recognize any of those names. We lined up in a 4-4-2 double six formation with Fernandinho Coppola in goal. Alessandro Sprizzo and Steiner Nielsen played at center back. Emanuele Pedrezzi started at left back and Davide Mezzanotti started at right back. Oscar Maggioni and Bruno Di Napoli played in the double pivot. Cristiano Scapola played on the left side of the midfield and Francesco Turini played on the right. He actually scored a brace in that match. And finally, Stefan Schwach and Roberto Murgita played as the dual strikers. Just for fun, I went and watched the highlights for this match and both goals Turini scored were actually very nice. The first was from a cross from Scapolo from the left wing. Turini took the ball down on his chest, not dissimilar to how Osiman did in the Roma match, before smacking a gorgeous volley that dipped inside the far post. And then the second was a fantastic diagonal run from the right wing towards the center of the area. Turini dribbled past three or four Cremonese players before picking the top corner with his left. Now it was only the highlights, but I was really impressed with the quality of play for this Serie B squad. Anyhow, if you want to check that out, head over to my Twitter page and you can find a link to the video there. Needless to say, we've come a very long way since those days in Serie B, so with that, let's get to the starting lineups. For Napoli, I don't think we're going to see much change from Luciano Spalletti. As Chris mentioned on our Spezia review pod, 
I was expecting a couple of changes for that match and Spalletti basically went with his best 11. We won the match so it's hard to argue with the approach but I was expecting Spalletti to rotate a couple of players here and there to keep everyone engaged and ready for when we need them. After seeing the squad that we rolled out for that Spezia match, I now have a slightly different view. Now I think Spalletti wants to collect as many points as possible before the Champions League resumes in about 10 days. We already beat Spezia, if we beat Cremonese and Sassuolo, we'll be on 62 points with 15 matches left to play, and Inter would be at least 13 points behind us. Inter plays Sampdoria this round and Udinese next round, so given the form they're in, you would expect them to win both of those matches. That means that even if Inter win out for the rest of the season, we would have to win only 11 of our remaining 15 matches. I think it's pretty unlikely that Inter will actually win out, and I think it's pretty unlikely that we won't win 11 more matches when you look at the teams that we have on the calendar, so this might just be Spalletti playing a numbers game. Mind you, the Champions League is very important as well, particularly from a financial perspective. We've gotten a very favorable draw. Not to take anything away from Eintracht Frankfurt, I think they are similar to us in many ways, but on paper that is one of the clubs we probably would have circled before the draw. You also have PSG against Bayern Munich and Liverpool against Real Madrid, so two super heavyweights will not make it to the quarterfinals. And then if you look at the rest of the clubs, they're all kind of struggling a little bit. CBS released their updated Champions League power rankings and they actually have Napoli at the very top of the list. They split the list into three tiers. The top tier was title or bust. The middle tier is serious contenders. If things go right, why not us? And the bottom tier is dark horses, unlikely contenders, but contenders all the same. The description they have under the top tier is these teams should be disappointed with anything less than a semi final berth, and frankly, even that might not be enough, such is their talent profile. So Spalletti will definitely try to go as far as he can in the competition, which I think means he'll have to rotate for at least one of, if not both of the matches on either side of the first leg against Frankfurt. Those matches are against Sassuolo and Empoli, so in theory, we should be able to rotate and still pick up wins in those games. Having said that, I don't think Spalletti will rotate too much for this match, so I think he will line up in his usual 4-3-3 formation with Alex Meret in goal. Kim min and Amir Rachmani should start at centre-back, and Mario Rui and Giovanni Di Lorenzo should start at left and right back respectively. As usual, I would not be surprised if Matthias Oliveira started at left-back, but Mario Rui is in really good form right now, and I think his connection with Victor Osimhen is really important. I think we'll see our usual midfield trio with Stanislav Lobotka and Regista behind Piotr Zielinski and Andrei Frank Zambon Gisa. Again, I wouldn't mind if Elif Elmas started over Zielinski or if Tangi and Dombele started over Angisa, but for the reasons I've already mentioned, I am not expecting that. The only change I am expecting is for Matteo Politano to start on the right wing over Chucky Lozano. These two wingers are a little bit funny. The player who starts on the bench always seems to do better than the player who starts from the opening minute. I don't think Lozano played particularly well against Spezia, and I think Politano was pretty good off the bench, so I have him in the starting 11, and as usual, I think we'll see Hvicha Kvaraschelia on the left wing and Victor Osimen at striker. Under Davide Ballardini, Cremonese have lined up in a 3-5-2 formation, which is a slight tweak to the 3-4-1-2 formation employed by Alvini. 
Unfortunately, Luka Lokoshvili is out with an adductor injury, so we won't be treated to a matchup between two of Georgia's brightest stars. Giacomo Qualiata is also out with a hamstring injury. He's naturally a fullback, but Cremonese have used him in the back three this season. So with those absences, I think we'll see a back three of Vlad Kirikas, Joan Vasquez, and Matteo Bianchetti. Emmanuel Aiwu and Alex Ferrari are alternatives, but Cremonese have used them more in the Coppa Italia than they have in Serie A. Emanuele Valeri is the preferred option at left wing back, and Leonardo Cernicola is the preferred option at right wing back. Cremonese have four viable options in the center of the midfield. I'm going to go with Charles Piquel to play in the middle, Suelio Miete starting at center left, and Michele Castagnati at center right. Finally, Cremonese have two injuries up top. Both Cristian Bonaiuto and David Okereke have thigh injuries. The Okereke one sounds a little bit more serious. So in all likelihood, we will see Daniele Ciofani and Cyril Dessers as the dual strikers with Felix Afenagian as an option off the bench. So those are our starting lineups. Next, let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is to get revenge, which is something that Alex Meret mentioned earlier this week in an interview he did with Radio Kiss Kiss. As much as we don't mind not having an additional competition to worry about, I think the players and the staff are still upset about that loss. After all, it was only our third loss all year after a meaningless loss to Liverpool in the final match of the group stage of the Champions League and a tough loss to Inter in the first game back from the World Cup. I'm sure it was a match we felt we could have and should have won. Meret actually used the word revenge. He said it didn't go well against Cremonese and the Coppa Italia and now we want to get revenge. We were in control of the match, but two episodes took it to extra time, and then we went out on penalties. Who knows whether the players actually feel like they need to get revenge on Cremonese, but I think the point is really that they need to use that loss as motivation. At the very least, it should be a reminder of what happens when you get complacent. I don't want to say that the players didn't take the game seriously, though I did tweet that at the time, but I definitely felt like we did not play with the same intensity in that match that we normally do. We didn't panic after we conceded the opening goal, we responded really well with those two quick goals from Juan Jesus and Giovanni Simeone, but after that we looked like we just wanted to keep the ball for the rest of the match, we had little motivation to push forward for a third goal, which was a very risky approach, no matter who you play against, a one goal lead is never safe, and of course we conceded that late equalizer. Mind you, that could have also been because Spalletti rotated everyone for that match, so naturally, they're not going to have the same rhythm and chemistry that the regular starters do. My second key to the match is to take advantage of the set piece. Calcio Napoli 24 posted some interesting statistics heading into this match, and one of them is that Napoli have scored the most goals in Serie A from the set piece, while Cremonese have conceded the most goals from the set piece. We've scored 15 goals from the set piece, while Cremonese have conceded 13 from the set piece. Three of our 15 goals were in that first meeting with Cremonese this season. For those of you who have a terrible memory like myself, we won that match 4-1. The first goal was from the penalty spot. Cavada won the penalty and Politano converted it. The second was from a corner kick. After the initial set piece was broken up, Mario Rui picked out Cholito Simeone at the second post and he smashed a header down and into the back of the goal. And the fourth was from a corner kick as well, but from the opposite side on that occasion, Di Lorenzo picked out Matthias Oliveira's run to the first post 
and he scored with a brave header. That was his one and only goal so far this season. Cremonese seemed to be particularly vulnerable to the corner kick. They've conceded six goals from the corner kick. Meanwhile, 10 of our goals this season have come from the corner flag. The scary thing from a Cremonese standpoint is that Victor Osimen did not even play in that match, nor did he start the Coppa Italia match. He entered that match in the 102nd minute, so he only played the final 18 minutes of that match. So Victor is my third key to the match. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. He currently leads the league with 16 goals despite missing 4 matches. He has 1 goal in the Champions League as well. He scored 14 of those goals since returning from his thigh injury in mid-October. He's only not scored in 2 matches since returning, but he made up for those 2 matches with a hat-trick against Sassuolo and braces against Juventus and Spezia. He also tallied 3 assists during that time. He scored at least one goal in each of his last five matches, so he can become the first Napoli player to score in six consecutive league matches since Gonzalo Higuain did it in his record-breaking 36-goal season in 2015-16. However, two of the eight goals Higuain scored during that run were from the penalty spot. The first one is against Frosinone, but he scored a brace in that match, so it wouldn't have affected the streak. However, the second penalty kick was the only goal he scored against Carpi, so he only scored from open play in five consecutive matches. That is the crazy thing about Osimen leading the league in scoring. Every single one of his goals he scored thus far this season have been from open play. Okay, for my prediction, I am going to go with a comfortable 2-0 win on goals from the usual duo of Victor Osimen and Javicho Kvaraskelia. Now, we could well win this match by a much wider margin. We're playing at the Maradona, which is a fortress once again. 50,000 people are expected to attend this match. 50,000 people against the team at the very bottom of the table. Apparently, we've already sold 600,000 tickets so far this season, so we're averaging about 42,000 fans per match, which makes sense given the success we've had. But the reason I have a scoring only two goals is because Cremonese have yet to concede more than two goals in any of the five matches that Davide Ballardini has coached for them, which included matches against us, Inter, and Roma. The reason I think it'll still be a comfortable win is because Cremonese simply do not score a lot of goals. Only Sampdoria have scored fewer goals, they have 10 to Cremonese's 15, and with 15 goals for they're averaging less than one goal per game. Like most teams at the bottom of the table, they're underperforming their XG, but even if they were not, they'd still be only averaging about one goal a game. So like against Spezia, if we score two, we have a very good chance of winning this match, and if we score more than two, then a win is just about guaranteed. Okay, so that is where I will leave it. I hope you enjoy the match. I was hoping to provide an update on the Feminile, but unfortunately that will have to wait until next week. I promise I will do that soon. I just did not want to put this preview out later than it already is, and I didn't want to rush the Feminile recap either. But you can track how the Feminile are doing at ForzaNapoliPress.com. We review all of their matches in fairly extensive detail, so be sure to check that out. We also cover the Primavera in detail, and of course we do match previews, reviews, and features on the senior team. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast platform. 
As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joel underscore Fisket 5 and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod. I will be back next week to review the Cremonese match. It may be a little bit later in the week than usual, as I will be traveling for work, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.